Welcome to the UK Educators Community Podcast hosted by Sid, an award-winning STEM communicator, serial entrepreneur and educational consultant and coach. Now my vision is to make maximum impact in the world through education, but I know I can't do this alone. This is where you guys come in. Why don't you join me on this journey as we as educators and entrepreneurs create impact one child at a time. Now I know being an entrepreneur can be both lonely and overwhelming. At UK Educators Community, we've created a community of like-minded, like-valued individuals all supporting each other. From the Champions Club accountability groups to business retreats in Marrakesh, you'll find industry-specific support to help you propel your business forward. So why don't you join us? Join our Facebook group, UK Educators, or find some great resources on the website at ukeducators.com. We look forward to welcoming you to our community. Today, we've got Gemma Spalding with us, and she's going to be talking about her life as a tutor who teaches maths and science. Now, Gemma's also a parent, so we're going to be touching on that a bit later. Um, But Gemma, to start off with, tell us a bit about yourself. I started doing a bit of tutoring, I don't want to say how many years ago, many years ago, (laughs) right? And it was a bit of a sort of helping family friends and just friends. Really enjoyed it. And after having children, I've got two sons, four and five, I found myself in a position where I was a single mum and I knew that I enjoyed tutoring and I needed a job that worked around my children and that kind of pushed me into setting up my business which is Spalding School of Science and I officially started that a couple of years ago now and I've been a full-time tutor ever since so yeah. So what's that journey been like? Were you a teacher prior to that? What kind of pushed you into tutoring then? I think if you ask my little brother, I've always helped him. Like from a really young age, I've just really enjoyed telling people all of this information. I would tell people anything about dinosaurs if they'd listened to me when I was really little. And just growing up, I just enjoyed that aspect. I remember just sitting down one evening and thinking like, what do I actually want to do like with my life? It was one of those sort of like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I thought, what do I enjoy? Well, I enjoy maths. I enjoy science. Like, I've done pretty well with tutoring friends and family, and they've all been really happy with it. And then I just thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a a massive jump. And for anyone who's set up a business, it's pretty daunting because it's a huge gamble, right? I could go out and get a nine to five job. I would say fairly easily, uh, but and there's always that sort of regular income. You haven't mm. got to worry about anything. You go in, you come home, that's done. And setting up your own business is just a completely different kettle of fish. You know, what you put in is what you get out. It does take over your life a little bit. It's been one heck of a journey. It's certainly a huge learning curve for me. And yeah, it was sort of pursuing a passion of mine, which is teaching uh, the maths and the sciences. And I think as well, I've never taught in a school, and I'll be honest with you, a bit controversial, I've never had an interest in teaching in a school because I like the flexibility that tutoring Mm. provides, not in terms of just the actual times of the lessons, but also the material that's covered. Again, a bit controversial, but like as an example, GCSE physics material, it's quite dull, most of it, I'll be honest with you. Um, Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you. I'm just like, oh, it's so frustrating for me because I'm like, there is just a whole other world out there. Mm. 
you know, like quantum mechanics. I love quantum mechanics. I love astrophysics, like especially astrophysics. That's one of my passions. And they just don't really do a lot of it, if any, at GCSC. And I really think, you know, that would inspire a huge interest in the topic of physics. And so tutoring allows me that flexibility where I can bring bits of information in and I can give context to stuff. I'm not stuck to rigid lesson plans. And so that, again, just really appealed to me. And it's worked out very nicely with having two young children. Was your background in science or is this just a personal interest? Because I think either or the passion kind of comes through when you talk about it. Like you've got a degree in science or was this just a passion? Yeah, so natural sciences. I initially went through the biology pathway. I was doing some biology modules. You know, I'm always really honest with my students about this. And physics for me, you know, it made a lot of sense. It was sort of just understanding concepts. And I think... The more I was exposed to physics and other subjects that I hadn't covered at sixth form, I hadn't covered at school, it sort of accelerated my interest, if you like, in the topic of physics. And then my interest in chemistry followed that as well. And maths, I've always liked maths because it's nice and straightforward. It's numbers, it's black and white. There's no in between. It's not subjective. Uh, and I like that, <laughs> basically. It's interesting because I, I did physics and maths at uni. And you'd think that I'd enjoy teaching physics. I think I preferred the biology and the chemistry because I really? never, yeah, I never really got to explore it because I dropped it at GCSE. So I didn't even do A-level. And I think going back to it, I have to relearn everything and then I have to teach it. And then I'm so excited about all the topics I've learned. So it's always interesting hearing other people's journey and how they've gone through that, especially when you share a similar background in science. So you've decided to go into tutoring and then how have you found it over the years? How has it kind of evolved into what it is now? Initially, I just wanted, you know, I thought for me, success was having a business that paid the bills, that looked after my children. And I never expected it to do as well as it has, if I'm mm. honest with you. Like, I'm a bit of a workhorse. Like, I do put the hours in. I am that person that's up till midnight scribbling down ideas and plans and what I want to do and now I feel quite proud that it's done as well as it has and I have a small team of tutors as well that has just started this year because I got to the point where I was like I'm full like and it mm. seems silly turning people away I want to get people on board who share their passion in maths and sciences and yeah it's kind of gone from strength to strength really which is really nice and obviously designing my own resources it brings in a little bit of my arty side my arty alter ego that I have and it's a very nice mix I'm incredibly happy and feel incredibly grateful to be in the position that I am to be honest with you yeah I think once you're doing something that you love yeah and you do your best as well when you're in that kind of happy zone and I've seen some of your graphics work and it looks amazing I've seen some of the worksheets you've created and your logos and and I think yeah there's so much potential of creating branded resources of all sorts I think for you so what is a typical day like for you then, Gemma? Like, what do you do typically? So if you think about tomorrow or like yesterday, what is the day going to look like? Yeah, I mean, I think it does change depending on the time of year, right? So mm. this time of year, as most tutors know, it's not usually quite as hectic because everyone likes, you know, for instance, my year 13s, my year 11s, they've finished their assessments and they're having a little bit of a break. And my year mm. 13s, so sad to say goodbye to them. That's as far as I can take them. So if I take you back, 
when it was sort of all go, it was a case of I wake up early with my children, doing a school run. You know, I do have lessons during the day, whether it's home educated children. Quite often, a lot of my sixth formers have、uh, free periods, so we'll fit in lessons during the day. Come back from the school run, grab a coffee, grab a cup of tea, sit down, do lessons, and then in between my lessons, it's lesson planning. Go pick up the kids from school. Come home. I'm sat here till fairly late doing lessons, and then after my lessons, I'm either doing resource writing, marking homework, more lesson planning. It's seven days a week, and when、mm. I'm not doing school runs, I'm still sat at my computer early in the morning doing work. So I'm sure you appreciate. You know, it, it does kind of take over your life a little bit. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I do say to people, they're like, oh, you know, do you have days off? And I'm like. What's that? What's a day off? Because yeah, it's seven days a week. And on Sunday, I mean, I teach Monday to Saturday, and the Sunday is like sorting out paperwork, admin, then lesson planning again for the week. And sort of one of the things I like to do is when I am doing my lesson planning, I find working through questions, exam technique is really important. You know, I always say to my students, I can teach you everything there is to know about A level chemistry, for example. But if you haven't done a past paper, if you don't know the style、mm. of questions, you know you can't guarantee you're going to do as well as you could do. But all of the questions I set, I do myself as well. Like I work through every single question I set. All of my students, I have. I don't even know how many workbooks, how many folders, how many textbooks. But yeah, because I think it's really important that I'm doing it with them as well. And sometimes the mark scheme will give us. One answer, and I have actually worked through it differently. So I like to give the student the choice. It's like, well, what do you prefer? You don't have to do it my way, as long as you get、mm. to the answer, right? So that is basically my life: is at the computer, writing resources, teaching, and then juggling children. Obviously,、I、don't want to neglect them. I want to make sure mummy's giving them enough attention because they do say, "Mum, you do work a lot," and I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I know." So finding that balance has probably been the most challenging thing for me, and I'm not sure I've quite got it yet, but I'm getting better. I don't think anyone gets to that point, right? They get close to it probably, and then you can't sustain it long enough, and then it kind of changes again, and and lifestyle changes, and I think everyone's striving to get to that place. But it sounds like you've got a routine going. What time do you get up in the morning? Let's go into details. Then you've kind of given us、okay. an overview. Let's、okay. go into details. What time do you get up? Oh goodness. Okay, I am usually awake by quarter to seven, and I'm usually up at seven.、Um, and then it's <laughs> to be fair, that's okay. I had a lay-in at the weekend. I slept until half seven, and I was like,、mm. oh great. But usually it's yeah, seven o'clock. I'm up and getting ready for the day, sorting packed lunches out, running around like a headless chicken, making sure that. You know the boys are. I've got everything they need for childminder, school, etc. So yeah, that's the start of the day, <laughs> and a quick cup of tea. And then so you drop the kids off, and then back home, and then you start work straight away. It depends on the weather because I have two dogs as well, and they need lots of exercise. So it's like <laughs> okay, honestly, Sid. Yesterday I thought, oh my goodness, it's like get in if the weather's okay, not too hot, not torrential rain. A nice hour brisk walk with the dogs. Come home, and obviously it depends on my lessons. You know, I might have a lesson in the morning, in which case it's slightly different. I mean, as an example, yesterday took the dogs for a walk as soon as I got back from the school run. Come home at my computer, and I'm working. I often I'm terrible. I often forget to have lunch because I'm like. It sounds like me. <laughs> I get too carried away. I'm like, oh, it's、uh, time to get Elijah from school now, and I've not had lunch. 
so yeah I mean you know how it is right mm-hmm. it's, it, especially it's when you when you love making your own resources and you just enjoy that process it's so easy to get absorbed in the detail and yeah. you sometimes forget the bigger picture which is you just need a worksheet done and you could have just yep. photocopied something from somewhere yep exactly that right because sometimes I will look at worksheets and I'm like I don't like the setup I often do this right I'll say right here's an exam question and we'll look at an exam question and then I'll say okay but I'm going to add another bit because I know that they could ask this bit as well and I'm like mm. oh, you could carry that on and then yeah I just end up sat there I've taught myself how to use Adobe Illustrator which was an interesting experience lots of YouTube videos and whatever and practice and it's really nice to use now that I can use it and I'll just sit there playing around with various diagrams, illustrations, or mm. I don't like that font, let's change it. And then before I know it, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> where's those few hours gone? So, yeah. You'll have a bank of resources that are branded, that are yours, that you can then kind of collate into booklets and get them officially yep. published and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's nice as you grow your business that you've got all these assets that belong to the company rather than what most people will do is just use textbooks and use booklets. And then over time, then you have your brand and then your teachers will use that stuff. And and then it kind of, yeah, it makes you stand apart from everyone else. So during the day, you're mostly doing resources and planning and with the odd lesson. And then after the school run, you start your official lessons in the afternoon. That's right. Yeah, it's usually from four o'clock. When it's coming up to exam times, like I can be teaching till quite late. I used to teach till nine o'clock at night. And then to be honest with you, I found that quite counterproductive for the student because they've just done a long day at school. It's like no wonder they're struggling to focus that late at night because so am I. (laughs) It's hard. So now I wouldn't teach past 8 p.m. for any of my students unless it was like exceptional circumstances just because I feel like, you know, I could say, yeah, okay, I'll do the lesson and I'll charge you X, Y, Z, but I want them to get the most out of it. Mm. And so it's quite hard, I think, sometimes as a business owner, because financially you have to make it work. But I have my own morals (laughs) as well. And again, it's about finding that balance and doing you know the right thing. I've got one of my students. I mean, she is incredibly smart and her story has really affected me to the point I'm like you know what like you can't get funding for this let me do it for free I don't have a lot of time like generally but I will make time like we will do free lesson because my morals are just like yeah whereas I know some people would be like well you know your time's not free and I'm like yeah but you don't understand the situation and it's not often that I'm just like yeah free lessons or whatever and and acting like a, a martyr I guess but some students I feel like they deserve to have the opportunity that other more privileged students receive. I guess that's a bit controversial to say that, but hopefully understand. No, I completely get it. Yeah, I think it's about being human, isn't it? Like you will know when certain people need your support and you would help them. And if that means using your skills to help them, then so be it. And I think sometimes people think that in business you do have to be cutthroat. And I don't think that always is the approach to take. You don't have to have that approach to grow as a business. If so, if all the big businesses do that, why can't you be different? Like, I think it's fine standing apart in a world where everything is a bit harsh sometimes and it isn't run on a moral scale. So, yeah, I applaud you for that, Gemma. <laughs> I think Thank that's a, that's Thank amazing you. to do that. That doesn't leave much time for you to do much else because that's practically your entire day gone. 
I'm not going to lie, it's quite hard because I have various hobbies. You know, like I said, my arty alter ego likes to do other things and do some crafting. I love baking. I love my exercise. I'm always on a spin bike when I get, you know, try and do a class a day. And everybody does say to me, like, how do you do it? Because you are non stop all the time and the answer is I don't know (laughs) it's like Like, clockwork right you're on like a clockwork cycle a little bit yeah I have my routine I have little things I tick off I get done and that's just how it is I I get it done I guess the hobbies you can probably do with your kids because they love a bit of crafting and uh, and all of that kind of stuff and baking baking yeah Mm. we do a lot of baking together they're actually getting pretty good to be honest I'm quite proud uh, how good they are only four and five they're brilliant actually because we like to do lots of baking together um with the painting they're like oh you know they're like getting mummy's acrylics uh, out as well although I'm sometimes sat there like when they're with the acrylic paints as you can imagine <laughs> yeah they don't yeah, wash off again, so easily right they don't wash no, off <laughs> I've ruined so many clothes with acrylic paints it's just a juggling act isn't it and sometimes I do need that time just on my own to do my Mm. own thing very recently I've realized how important that is to like focus on your well-being as well because if you're not then how can you help other people achieve that as well so yeah I've had various things sort of not very nice things happen recently in personal circumstances and various losses and it's really made me kind of reevaluate things and realize yeah I have to have this time so you know for instance I go to sleep between 12 and 1 in the morning because I have to sit there and I'll read a book because that's my downtime and even though it's late and I'm tired I'm like I have to do this you know it's important for me so yeah they are long days but would I change it I don't think so has it changed since Covid or were you always teaching online so I was a massive skeptic with online tuition same as Um, me I see so much of me in you it's crazy Honestly, I was just like, I like the face-to-face. I feel like you can build the rapport. You can also sort of, from the body language as well, like gauge what's going on, if something's on their mind, if they're not focusing, if they're struggling. And I thought, how can I do that with online tuition? Because I actually don't use cameras either. It is purely audio. Yeah, I was quite scared to start it because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get that rapport when, you know, we don't have cameras on. It's audio only. I'm a convert. I can't believe how well it's worked. And there are people I've gotten so well with and they don't even, I don't know what they look like. They don't know what I look like, but we just have this, you know, rapport and they're doing so well in their lessons. And it's made me a better tutor because you have to be so engaging. Yeah. You have to bring, you know, the interesting stuff in to keep that attention and that yeah. focus even more so it's so um, true I think when I did uh, radio for two years and I, you don't even have visuals then <laughs> so suddenly you have you're trying to get things across and all you can do is describe and then yeah. you have to use the, the the tones in your voice to actually make it exciting and engaging so I think <laughs> if I hadn't had that experience I would have completely struggled with online teaching and I have cameras on so is there a reason why you don't have cameras on I know that some students just prefer not to Um, If I'm being completely honest with you, it's to do with safeguarding. For me, stops all of the paperwork with that because, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make sure my students are safe. 
Um, I'm safe as well because that is just as important. And so I decided I wouldn't have cameras on. I've had no one request them. I know that some of my tutors do use cameras and they have their own setup and that's fine. I always say to people, teach how you want to teach, really. Mm. But yeah, the no camera thing has actually worked remarkably well. Because when I say to people I don't use cameras, some tutors would be like, really? Like, how do you do it? And I'm just like, I don't know. You just, I think it's pushed me to be a better tutor, ultimately. And I think as well, I hope that my passion for my subjects really comes across in the lessons. Mm. And, you know, I'm asked all sorts and it's great because I'm like, hang on, if they ask me something, I don't know, I'll have a look. So whilst they're on one monitor, like working through a question or whatever, I'm like, right, let me have a look at this. And I didn't get to do that in my face to face lessons because I was standing up there with a whiteboard, with my books. Whereas now I've got the Internet. If I don't know an answer, I will say I don't know. I will look it up for you because I don't know everything. I, yeah, I'm, I'm the same, what, yeah. One of my pet peeves is when teachers, I've had teachers like it, so it's why it's my pet peeve. When you ask them a question and they don't give you a straight answer because they don't know, and I'm like, just say you don't know. Yeah. Just say you yeah. don't know. Don't, or they ram, ramble on and make something up, and you're like, ooh. <laughs> you didn't answer my question. Yeah, I just, oh, I don't know. Being online has provided that resource for me which is brilliant mm. and some of the questions I'm asked I mean they are incredible I could write a book of the, some of the amazing questions I'm asked and I'm like I've not even thought of this like it's incredible and I love it I get super excited when I'm asked something I'm like oh I actually don't know I've never thought of that before like I love those lessons they're brilliant yeah online tutoring massive advocate for it now uh, I'm a complete convert I did say, you know, at some point I will go back to face to face and online. Like, I'm not going to ever rule that out now if people prefer online. I'll do online if people want to come to my house, because that's what I did before. Had a room set up with a whiteboard and everything, you know, come over and we'll do a lesson face to face for the local students. But as I'm sure you've found, I've had students from all over the UK, which I never got to have before. And it's been a real eye opener as well to sort of education through the UK so I'm sure you found that as well it's a good learning experience and you get so much more exposure as well and people will yeah. talk about you and and before they would have been like oh you're not in the local area so I can't come to you and now it's an option there's an option of being online I think Covid as bad as it has been and the amount of lives it has destroyed it has kind of opened up how important technology is in our lives and how we can't live without the internet my wi-fi was down for four hours the other day and I was at a complete loss because I couldn't even watch a movie because I don't have a TV. I watch it on my laptop. So I couldn't go onto Facebook. I couldn't go onto Clubhouse. I couldn't do any work because everything's on Google Drive. It was just, you don't realise how much we are dependent on technology. And I think COVID has just kind of like made it even more important in our lives with the online world and Zoom and everything. So in terms of the numbers that you teach, do you do one-to-one or do you do groups? So I mostly do one-to-one. I have started venturing into groups and that's Mm. something that I'm doing over the summer. It's sort of like a bridging. So for instance, for the year 11s, going into year 12s, I've got some group lessons in chemistry to just kind of bridge that gap. But yeah, most of my work is one-to-one and same with the the tutors who work with me. It's all one-to-one at the moment. But yeah, that's something which I think I kind of spoke to you about before. I'm wanting to just venture a little bit more into. Mm. But it's sort of about, you know, focusing on one thing at a time, which 
can be quite hard for me. So I'm like, right, resources. Like, I want to finish my lab box three. I want to move all of my lab box work over to Adobe Illustrator, for example, because it's a lot easier to format there, which is a mammoth task, an absolutely mammoth task. So that's where I'm heading. I'm actually going to be employing my brother this summer and I've already said to him you're going to be doing loads of that yeah that sounds good that sounds really good so in a typical week do you also set time aside for marketing do you set time aside to look at finances do you set time aside to train your tutors how does it work typically with all the other things that a business has to offer right it's not just the tutoring because there's so many other little jigsaws. There, exactly. There is, because I have been a one-man band, really. I'm still a one-man band. Yeah, I have my tutors. But in terms of my branding, my marketing, like that's still just me at the moment. Mm. I don't set enough time aside, if I'm honest with you. Like, my priority, perhaps, I don't know if it's a good thing or not at the moment, is like, my teaching and my quality of teaching and the lessons I deliver, followed by my resources. Not a lot. Not enough. Is, is the answer to that question. I need to dedicate more, but I've already said to my tutors, sort of coming up to autumn term, I will be not having as many students. I will sort of be passing the buck a little bit to them so that they can deal with more of the lessons and I will have still lessons, but I need to have that extra time because mm. I know to scale up my business, which is what I'm trying to do and what I have been doing, I need to dedicate a bit more time to things like marketing for example yeah it's definitely hard to juggle everything I'm practically in the same boat so when I started my recent business it was me teaching a lot of this stuff so where you're at now and creating resources and then I started shifting that work onto other teachers and I moved more into the marketing but I still don't think we're there with the marketing like our website is bare minimum and we have a lot of parents say there's hardly anything on there I'm like yes because we've been focusing on the teaching and the quality of the teaching and you cannot focus on both things like if you see other businesses that focus huge amounts into marketing and sales usually the quality of what they're offering is not very high because it's one or the other like something has to give and I think it's very difficult to achieve that balance like that balancing act is so fine so I think you're doing it the right way because if you've got a good service people will talk about it and you'll naturally get attraction but then if you are looking to expand then you will have to invest some time but I guess that comes after you've got your resources and your team sorted and you know what's happening but it looks like you're at an exciting part lots of growth maybe next year I hope so. Yes. I always say to people and they kind of like look at me like, oh. I am aiming for the stars. Like I really am. I always joke and say, well, it's not really a joke. So I'm kind of serious. <laughs> I want a tutoring empire. I want to change education in this country because I don't really like how it's delivered. You know, I mentioned to you earlier the pressure on young people and the effect it's having on mental health as well for them. I'm so against that. <laughs> And I just want to make learning a more enjoyable experience because certainly with maths and the sciences, you know, so many people come to me and they're like, they're the hard subjects, you know, physics, chemistry, like they're the hard subjects. I struggle with them and because they struggle, they don't like them. I know it sounds quite perhaps a bit cliche and things, but I genuinely mean when I say I want to inspire an interest in these subjects and create like a new generation of scientists and mathematicians that are passionate about the subjects. That for me is more important and increasing their confidence and 
trying to decrease the pressure that's more important than A stars and grade nines for me. My moral standing on education. I just think there's too much pressure nowadays to get these ridiculously high grades. And yeah, I just kind of want to change that in whatever way I can. Do you then see yourself moving away from exam teaching? Do you see yourself becoming more of a kind of exciting science STEM provider? I'm going to say no, because I feel like exams aren't going to change anytime soon, right? We're always going to have GCSEs at the moment. We're always going to have A-levels. And I want to help the people that have to go through that. Because I remember how stressful it is yeah. and how much pressure there is. You know, I remember it really, really well, even though it was a few years ago. And so I know that if I come away from that, I'm no longer there to help the students that have to go through that. Yeah. So obviously at some point, if I can get big enough, if I grow enough, then, you know, I, I hope that I'll have a, a big team to sort of help other students through that. So perhaps I can focus on sort of inspiring that interest in science that isn't restricted by mm. curriculum but I'll have to just wait and see I guess it's fairly early days for my business I would say mm. it's you know only two years in right so we'll just have to see what happens yeah a lot can change in, in two years I think that's probably where we differ because I started doing workshops for that reason that I thought it was so limiting the curriculum and I used to teach GCSE and beyond uh, content to like five six seven year olds because I thought they could do it if we can in, yeah. in, like, deliver in an engaging way they can understand how what cells are they can understand the human body and and like, the primary curriculum I believe is really dull for science yeah. it's so basic like shadows the sun yeah. gives that light and I'm like yeah really is that it yeah. so I talk about the electromagnetic spectrum and all of this kind of stuff so it's interesting to hear that you're coming at it from a different angle where you're providing a solution for those kids that are going through that pressurized experience where I was like oh forget all that I'm gonna work on the other end and inspire them just to love learning same aims just a different way of doing it I think it's good that there are people that are doing it in different ways because it, it needs to be like a three four prong approach because there's so many different things that we need to do but yeah I can see this growing into something really big and massive and, and then you've got like a tutoring arm and then you've got like a workshop arm and you've got like different things there. and all sorts going on yeah I mean like I said I have big plans and I'm really excited I'm super excited hopefully my main aim like I said is just to kind of inspire that interest and it's a confidence thing for a lot of students and the feedback I get spurs me on mm. even more when I say to parents and students that has made my day like I mean it it's seriously made my day and it drives me I'm like yes I need to carry on I need to do this for as many people as I can I'm very excited actually to see what's going to happen in the next five years or so so yeah and then we have to catch up and see where you're at then absolutely and I'll be in like some big old glamorous teaching studio it'll be amazing <laughs> it's great to have high plans because then if you don't have that plan you're not going to be able to if you reach for the stars you might hit the moon right <laughs> so absolutely spot on high. exactly what's the point otherwise right exactly so, yeah. Thank you so much, Gemma, for sharing your journey. I think it's been amazing. And like a lot of the places you were talking, and I was like, I agree, I agree, I completely agree with you. <laughs> I yes. think there's a lot that we overlap on, and I'm so excited to see where your business will take you. If people want to get hold of you, how can they contact you? 
So I have a Facebook page, which is Spalding School of Science, Science and Maths Tuition, and also a website, www.spaldingschoolofscience.com. I, I love the alliterations. <laughs> so fairly easy, I think, to remember. But yeah, contact me through there. Brilliant. Thank you so much for taking part. Honestly, I've been quite nervous, but also excited to sort of share how I feel. So really, thanks very much for the invite. You've been brilliant. You've been brilliant. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our conversation and took lots of value from it for your business. Now, if you did, please remember to do me a favor and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss another episode. If you fancy becoming a member of the Champions Club or would like to attend a learning workshop or maybe even the business and cultural retreat in Marrakesh, then visit the website ukeducators.com where you'll find lots of information. You can also join our Facebook community at UK Educators. I'm Sid, you've been listening into the UK Educators Community Podcast and I'll see you next Sunday when we release another episode.